0: Well, as you know, we're going through very interesting days in many different ways that's often being addressed today. But um, one thing that is, to me, very significant is what we're learning about our culture. Uh, Used to be there had to be more of a moderation on what was said and done. Because of our Judeo-Christian background, that over the last 10 years, that mask has been taken off, and we are seeing more and more the uh, the decline of our culture away from biblical truth. And I want us to think about this a little bit this morning. As you grew up, if you were in church. If you heard preaching as a young person, you heard many a message about worldliness, about the danger of uh, the world system around you affecting your life. And sometimes I think we almost can get a little bit used to that. We know that that's true, but yet at the same time we can agree with it and be influenced by the world. And what I want us to think about here this morning is, do we really want to be influenced by this culture? The more I've thought about it, you all are a generation that probably has as clear an insight into the satanic origin of cultural thinking as any generation in America, uh, America's history. Because you're seeing it come at you from every direction. And there is an opportunity for you to be able to thoroughly think through why the world does what it does and think through the pull that the world has because of Satan's pull upon our flesh and look at the influences that it's had in you and realize that it corresponds to the things that are you're concerned about within the culture. It's interesting, Christian young people, college students, want to do certain things that are simply an outgrowth of the very things that they're worried about within their culture. It's almost a dichotomy, you know. Uh, it's uh, interesting. Uh, you take areas, uh, for instance, of music or dress or whatever, just lifestyle issues and there's things that we're pulled on we want to be able to be accepted by pop culture and those there's dominance there especially with technology and yet the very messaging of those styles and the very messaging of that music comes directly out of an anti-god culture and you know that it's not like that's hidden it's right there but what a dichotomy I'm concerned about the direction our country's going. I'm concerned about what's, uh, what's happening to my generation and, and uh, we need to see revival and something done about it. And then the very next moment, you're considering uh, having a, some aspect of lifestyle that has come out of that very thing. You're concerned about it. you following me uh, this morning. I want you to re- really think this through Because the essence of our our culture's problems are right from Satan and unbiblical. And yet, because we want to fit in and our flesh enjoys being thought well of and is tempted by these things, uh, we find ourselves acquiescing to pop culture when that very pop culture has come out of things that's going to destroy the very country that you know. And that's why... Your convictions need to be built biblically and you need to develop a keen sense of discernment uh, about pop culture realizing what are the roots of the influences on us now let's face it are we influenced by culture well you have to be why in the world do we wear this you know i've thought about that sometime i'm all about you know, having appropriate dress and all, but I, you know, I think, where did they ever come up with this idea of having to wear this long thing hanging in the front here, you know, um, and, uh, or uh, some of the other stuff, but, you know, it's part, it's part of culture. Now, there's certain ways we act, certain things we do that are appropriate, good, courteous, ways that, uh that our um, our culture is organized. So everybody's, I mean, when you go to India, you have to learn Indian culture. When you go to Africa, uh, culture in Wa, Ghana, is different than Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Nairobi's not quite as different, but almost as different. It's got a lot of the English background there, but there's still a lot of cultural differences. And, on we could go but are there aspects of culture in Wa that are very dangerous they are not of God so if I were to go to Wa and just try to be exactly like everyone that's part of that's from Ghana there I could find myself falling into unbiblical traps is that true (laughs) yeah well that's true that would be a really bad bad trap same thing in uh, Nairobi, right? I need to learn how to fit in, but if I fit in so much that I'm accepting everything, uh, am I going to fall into satanic traps there? Absolutely. And we could go around and talk about the different cultures that have been represented. I love, love Peru. It's a wonderful place and uh, fit in as a Peruvian. But if I accept everything of Peruvian culture, will I run into trouble? Yeah. Yeah. You realize that all of the folks here from Peru or Kenya, Ghana, other places, they've actually had to decipher that themselves, and they are not completely of their culture, right? You are a pilgrim and sojourner from another land. You became a Christian, and there's a difference. But you know, it's we can sort of see that. Well, yeah, you know, some of some of those things in Ghana are weird, you know. Uh, That we got to watch out for. But you you all come to the U.S. Do we have problems? (laughs) Oh, my. But we somehow think because it's American culture, you know, it's just our culture. But so much of it is not neutral. And I've preached on this a number of times. But with all that's going on, I just felt like bringing this subject back up here this morning just for us to think it through. Because though we need to be very much attuned to culture in appropriate aspects to have a good testimony uh, and to know how to fit into our culture and not be offensive, it's very important. Same thing you do on the field. I need to, there are certain things I would or wouldn't do in Ghana that uh, I'm out of respect there, and, and so on. And so uh, there is that place, but we have to understand that our culture is far more than a neutral european slash american slash cosmopolitan mixture of uh, the way people live it's there's a lot more to it than that and so i want to take a little bit of look at this for us to realize how powerful the world is and how we're affected by it and uh, and how we need to navigate this. Galatians 6:14, a verse that is very helpful when it comes to this sort of a foundational verse. Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom Jesus the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Now meditate on that for a moment. That's a pretty powerful statement. We should glory not in our style. We should glory not in our popularity. We should glory not in uh, other aspects that uh, feed our natural human thinking but we should glory in what? The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he makes it very clear by whom the world is crucified unto me. Now that's a strong statement. You know, again, you've heard many a message that talks about worldliness, but this is probably stronger than what you even hear with that. The world system controlled by Satan is to be crucify. we're to die to that just like we die to self and and i unto the world now let me just say this when you're identified with the with jesus christ the world will be crucified unto you i mean you will begin to realize that they're not real interested in identifying with that when they're in a rebellious state against god so that will occur But in our own hearts, we've got to see the danger of the world. Now, as we look at our culture today, I'm going to let you talk to me for a minute, what are some of the things that concern you about culture? What are some of the things that scare you about your future of your children and your ministries and your life? What are some things that you've been noticing for the last several years that have been a wake-up call as you've been growing up and things have become a little more open out there, and uh, those that are anti-biblical are now espousing pretty strongly, what are some of the things that you're concerned about? Yes, the whole moral, the whole moral arena is turned upside down. Do you realize that that there is huge political, and, and I talk more about being politically correct, if you take a stand on biblical morality, you're immoral. And you are moral if you support all the different aspects of what God calls immoral or perversion. It's really true. My message right now would be seen as very much an evil message in our culture. Because I'm going against people's freedom, the right to express themselves, and all of that. And they've made individuality and personal freedom morality rather than how God created us and what God has told us. So uh, that's a very big area, what Liberty mentioned there. All right, what other area scares you? Secularism and the idea that there's no real truth. All right, secular, the whole idea of uh, relativism. Um, And so it really, truth is what you think it to be. And uh, there really is not, theism is rejected, and so there is not a real... Understanding of right and wrong from that perspective. Yes? It's the way wrong music has kind of infiltrated every part of media and everything. Just radio, TV, you can't really get away from rock and roll music and the lyrics and things that go on. And it's permeated what else? Churches. Churches. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It is everywhere. That ought to be a concern to you. You remember a couple weeks ago, I preached on the fact that music is God's tool to keep the Word of God in our minds and hearts? It is Satan's tool to keep these very things you're scared about in the minds and hearts of our culture. And uh, do you realize with the vast number of people struggling with their morality, they just don't have the restraints, the way they were brought up, and all those different issues, with the kind of music, the secular thinking, no wonder you look and say, how can people think the way they do? You know, traditional thinking is gone. Well, Music has had a big part of that. It just is there. It's part of the whole entertainment uh, aspect. All right? Yes, Isaac? Excuse me? Yes, the whole concept of a uh, the regular <laughs> marriage, um, a man and a woman as God created us, and uh, the sanctity of that, the permanence of that, the responsibilities in that, the sacredness of it, that's the very core of our society, and it's It's gone, you know, we're at about 30% of uh, boys and girls in America have a two-parent family, mom and a dad. I mean, that's pretty staggering when you think about what what your generation that you're going to minister to has had to navigate. Some of you have had to navigate that, okay? Yes. Okay, the lack of sanctity of, the, of, of life. Now, this is one thing I'm going to get to, is evolution versus biblical creation is one of the biggest issues that you're going to face. If there's not in the beginning God, and God created man as a living soul, if God did not create men and women, uh, ma- man male and female, then you have, you're up for grabs on everything. There are no moral absolutes. And then the sanctity of life. I just read a book about the Holocaust. And it's just hard to read, you know, frankly, uh, about Svi, uh, who was uh, the man that went through the Holocaust. And then uh, to Israel and became part of Friends of Israel. Tremendous uh, testimony to the Lord there. But looking at that, life becomes cheap. And I can tell you right now, in cultures in which there is not the belief in creation and the sanctity of life... There is a um, there is just there's no regard for life, and just large amounts of people can be slaughtered, and uh, it's just amazing. I mean, we're so insulated from that except what we see, uh, you know, verse with the technology. But it is a very real thing. I've been to the um, saw what the Khmer Rouge did in Cambodia, and you go to the the fields there where they the killing fields, and you see all of the bones and everything. It's just it's just you know, we as Americans can't even process how you could think about life that way. But that came out of an evolutionary, uh, communist perspective, and uh, so yes, the, the uh, sacredness of life, and that brings yes. Yeah, it's a free for all as far as uh, as far as the whole authority structure. These things are something to be concerned about. Yes. Yes, that would be in the morality issue. But the gender identity just makes everything that's so relative, there's no sense of order in family and persons. And, of course, it's a denial of biological reality. You know, Finally, there is getting some pushback to that. And then, of course, sanctity of life. The abortion issue, which comes out of everything we just talked about. And then euthanasia in Europe now they can start giving people things within, in uh, Holland without their permission. People that actually have conscious ability. Their legislature just approved that. And um, so you're going to be having euthanasia as a, uh, a tool that can even become an excuse for genocide. And then you have, of course, infanticide, which is coming more and more if a child has a handicap Then. Uh, they can be eliminated. This is what you're dealing with, okay? It's not real pretty, is it? And I've been sort of careful in how I've said things. I could be pretty graphic if I wanted to in what I've said. And I don't mean to discourage you with this, but what I'm trying to do is help you realize that a generation of young people that love the Lord, that want to make a difference in this country, can't be affected by the very culture they're trying to change. Does that make sense? In other words, you've got to be very clear in your mind the origins of different pressures that are on your life. And if the origins comes out of a secular anti-God culture, then you've really got to look at, do I really want to be affected in my mind, my priorities, my thinking, my, uh, how I live? Do I want to be affected by that? Uh, even if it causes me to seem very different than the rest of the culture. Uh, two, of the, uh, two of the words that are translated world in the New Testament, you have the word uh, age often translated world. It means a period of time speaking of the, you know, the God of this age. And then you have the one that we often mention and that is the cosmos. That's the orderly arrangement of culture by Satan to uh, be able to uh, tempt as uh, 1 John chapter 2 talks about, uh, the lust of the flesh, the eyes, and the pride of life. And uh, Satan has just coordinated culture over the years, all the cultures, all the way from ancient times, from Tower of Babel, the Noah and Flood uh, generation, all the way through. It's been bad before. Remember, this is not something new. Culture has been really horrible uh, throughout ancient history and more modern history, and uh, he has been very good to, to pull people away um, from God. One commentator says, The world uh, translated cosmos, it, it speaks of an ordered system. Our, world cosmos, our word cosmetic, I always get a kick out of that being used as an as a, um, illustration, has the basic mean, meaning of covering up disorder. <laughs> <laughs> So we I'm sorry, I'm just reading, uh, I'm just reading a a commentary here, so, uh, but, uh, well there's truth to it. In other words, guys, we just look disordered all the time, okay, we have nothing to cover up and don't you dare try, okay, Uh, so but uh, ladies, you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) With something that brings order. In the New Testament, cosmos refers to the order of the evil world system ruled by Satan and his agents. Now, what we need to understand is that Satan, from the beginning of time, is undermining God's truth. And... Right from the beginning, he undermined the authority and truth that God had given. And he's been doing that ever since. The very fact that you can bo- people can believe in an evolutionary system when looking at real science is an amazing thing. The complexity of this world, honest scientists have really changed their thinking. It does demand some kind of origin. And of course we know in the beginning God created. And that changes your whole perspective of who we are and uh, what life is all about. And, and so man was made in God's image so we could have a relationship with the Creator God. That's just an amazing thing. Because of the fall we lost that oneness without the work of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ. And so we became independent and in great need. Do you realize that man without God is in deep trouble? Many of you may have heard me read this quote from uh, Ian Thomas. He is so articulate on some of these things. If you listen closely to it. So animals are like human beings in that they have a soul, a capacity to think, react, and decide. God, however, did not create animals with the capacity to be inhabited by their creator as man is. Instead, God built into animals a unique and wonderful mechanism called instinct. I love studying that. It is just amazing. You know, of course, we see the birds flying one direction or the other and sometimes hundreds and thousands of miles and all the things they do. It just, the instinct is just incredible. And, um, When growing up, I loved to listen to Uncle Bob. Anybody listen to Uncle Bob? Okay, as he used his different voice inflections to be anything from a whale to a ant, you know. But but it's always amazing all the the matters of the instincts and how God made the creatures. Uh, And so this was the indispensable means by which He protected them and governed their behavior. Now, instinct is indispensable to animals in the same way that the Holy Spirit is indispensable to our humanity. Now, think about that. Uh, Human beings are uniquely made with the capacity to be governed by God Himself, dwelling within our human spirit in intimate identity with the human soul, so that God within the human spirit gains access to the human soul. There he plays that role in man's soul, which instinct plays in the animal, teaching the mind, controlling the emotions, and directing the will. In this way, according to his intended design and purpose, he governs our behavior so that he he that is in us is the origin of our own image, source of our own activity, his own activity, I'm sorry, his own image, his own activity, dynamic of his own demands, and his cause of his own effect. All right. God made us to have full fellowship with with Him. When we're cut off from God, we don't have instinct. Do you realize that babies have very little instinct? Uh, Eating and a few other things, but babies are helpless. Right, ladies that have to take care of them in the nursery? They are helpless. And so if we do not develop a relationship with the Creator God then who is going to endeavor to control us and keep us away from the creator God? It's going to be Satan. That's why he is called the God of this world of this age, the prince of the power of the air. He is the one who is endeavoring to usurp God's place in the world's uh, life. We're made for God. So he fills in that void in a partial way he's spirit and uh and he can have a a, a a awful influence upon uh human beings now aren't you glad you're saved when you're saved you are indwelt by the holy spirit you are now in union with god you have all that you need for direction for meaning for purpose uh, you have all the instincts you need his name is god Okay, and so you have, it's just amazing the difference when you have a relationship with God. But people without God are under the influence of the world, Satan's primary tool to meet the needs of a person not in unity with their creator God. That's why the world is so powerful. And so when you now have a culture that is no longer dominated by biblical truth even for unsaved people it is instead dominated by a secular uh, uh, perspective endeavoring to handle personal life by individual choice trying to handle the existence of man by some form of socialism to try to come up with a way to bring utopia on earth without God Uh, when that kind of uh, of teaching becomes prominent in our academic institutions, in our whole political, our, our media, and so forth. Well, uh, that, that is an answer for people that don't know God. Don't scratch your heads as to how can people believe that? If you don't have God, what else do you have? Do you follow me? You see, and when you're pumped, that those philosophies all through school and you have parents that didn't know necessarily how to guide, well then your peers are struggling for meaning. Now let me stop here. The good news is the message about the gospel is really... I mean, you've got a wide open opportunity right now. But as I can tell you with the suicide rate among teenagers and all of the depression amongst teenagers... There is a generation of young people that are crying out for meaning, they're looking for purpose, they're willing to talk, they're they're hungry to talk. By the way, social media does not meet your need socially. Uh, And so there is just that need for somebody that cares. You may have the best opportunity in the last hundred years to give the gospel because you have a generation that knows something's not right. And they really know that. Uh, I remember back when there was at least a form of religion, and and people would, you know, be brought up in good, decent morals and so forth. A lot of young people just wouldn't listen because they had that kind of background and had that kind of tie. Now it's great that whatever biblical teaching they had, but they didn't know Jesus. But right now, I'm telling you, you have an opportunity that's unparalleled. So don't get all discouraged. I'm just trying, I have another point that I want to make, and that is about how the world affects us. As one commentator said, the life of a person apart from Jesus Christ is the life of a victim of that system. It is a meaningless life, a life with no hopeful plan, purpose, or reason for being. It is also a life ruled by the flesh which naturally and inevitably follows the system of evil promoted by the world whether in gross immorality or simply in day-to-day self-gratification. That says it pretty well. That's how people live. And so you've got to look at every part of culture and realize, especially in this um, day in which there is not the salt and light that there ought to be, every angle of culture is dominated by satanic thinking that's why you have to be very very discerning and walking with God so that you do not allow yourself to be affected by that of course there's religion and philosophy over all these years I'm not going to take a lot of uh, time on that Satan, right now, has substituted for real Christianity mystical spiritual experiences. You've had, of course, for years the Eastern uh, religions that have been very popular for self improvement for Americans. Uh, you have, uh, there was the fad about angels for a while, you know, and uh, there's all kinds of different spiritual fads that come and go, but obviously it doesn't meet the need. And then, of course, there's just the, the secular human philosophy. I'm telling you, many your age bracket in college are absolutely fervent about overthrowing the United States of America and coming up with a socialist state for what they think will bring meaning, purpose, and equity to to people. And that's just the way it is. And you think, how can they be thinking that? Well, when you don't have a biblical perspective, then that's a sincere way to try to navigate all the injustices that are in the human experience. And, uh, and that's what's so scary. I mean, there very much is a determination, and it's been bought into by your generation, majority of them, uh, and by the way, among evangelicals too. Uh, it's also there, which shows, uh, you see, theistic evolution doesn't work. It, it brings you to that kind of a, of a, of a problem of thinking, so there's all of that, and I could spend time on that. But then there's the whole matter of culture and, uh, and, uh, and just uh, pop culture as we know it. I don't know what other term to use. Let me read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened, we were made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the, who? the children of disobedience. See how he's in control there. Among whom also we had our conversation, our lifestyle, in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others." So Satan has enormous impact, enormous authority over the lost world. He is the prince of the power of the air. He controls what they do. And so we've got to understand what seems so glamorous or so uh, uh, something that will make uh, meaning or make, give popularity out of pop culture. We've got to understand that Satan is simply appealing to our flesh, not appealing to the spirit. Remember, spiritual truth is the opposite of fleshly reaction. And so uh, that's, that's what we have, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, this is simply the thought that I wanted to give you. There's so much more to this thought. But folks, we need a generation of young people that aren't quibbling over how close to the world can I be. The very world you're scared to death about and ought to be, why in the world do you want their approval? But that's exactly what happens. See, we've been blinded a little bit with, you know, the the more carefulness on how things were expressed, but in the last 10 years it's just exploded. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be identified with a uh, God-resisting culture, that which is morally reprobate, I don't want to be part of a culture that has no respect for life. Uh, I want to reach them, love them, respect them, but not let myself be influenced by satanic lies through them. And, and you've got to realize, folks, that so much of, let's say, pop culture fashion is sort of the uniform of uh, the world. And uh, again, we need to dress in a way that uh, is appropriate and good and doesn't uh, seem odd and it needs to be, but it needs to follow biblical principles. And I don't need to be wearing the uniform, as Dr. Jim talks about, of a, of a rock group. <laughs> I don't need to be wearing the uniform of some, uh, some kind of movement. You know, so much of men's clothing in the last seven or eight years has been all about the uh, the whole LGBTQ plus uh, cultural takeover, and uh, and the European designers have uh, have made infeminate type men's clothing and and so forth. You thought for sure, ladies, I pick on you, didn't I? See, I picked on the men. Okay, uh, but um, uh, but honestly, when you look at some of the things, I I, I talked to uh, just at a men's store recently and I talked to a salesman and, and they tried to get me to get a suit that, uh, well, you know, it's way up here, and it's like this. And uh, I said, oh, that, that fits you great. I said, uh, I, I am sorry, I'm just old-fashioned. Would you get me a suit that uh, has a little more... Something to it, and if I'm going to pay money, at least I want more material, you know, <laughs> than, than that, you know. And uh, then I put on the pair of pants, <laughs> you know, no, that's not what I want for a suit, you know. Well, it doesn't make, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But we laugh about that, but there's reasons for some of that, <clears throat> and yet we want so bad. Now, it doesn't mean sometimes. Suits vary in length, and suits vary in how the you know how the lapels are, and and so forth. Uh, so glad that they, uh, what was that dumb suit jacket that was uh, what was that called leisure suit? Leisure suit. Oh my, they don't even know what that is. Oh, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you thought a lot of things were cool. <laughs> <laughs> Plaid pants with a striped shirt. Man, that was. Uh, no. he married the right one she got him truly sharp you know but uh, anyway Uh, but I'm sure glad that went out and uh, and there's all different kinds of things and they change and ties get skinny and get big and you know all that kind of stuff but there are certain aspects and I'm just using clothing because that's what we can't help but think about that, that they message something so, do we want to get so close to the world that we message the world's message? I mean, people ought to look at you and say, you know, they def- that person definitely isn't pop culture, but they're not odd either. You know, they're sharp, but when you start talking about the Lord, it makes sense. And obviously, young ladies, you have probably the greatest opportunity for a testimony by just showing genuine sacred womanhood in the right way and we could take time to talk about that but you don't need to get close to the world but we find it in just about every area today you see it among Christian teenagers and among Christian college students where in the classroom or in what they believe they are really burdened they're conservative and they're you know wanting to hold biblical values within their culture and all but then it comes to how they live and they're taking orders from the very culture that they know is destroying their country. Simple thought, but I want you to think about it. Because uh, uh, you need to be, and I need to be, discerning, and it takes the Lord's wisdom, but I don't need music out of the world that has destroyed this culture and warped minds. I don't need to view things that are from an ungodly, biblical lifestyle. I don't need to listen to things that are of humanistic uh, Uh, background and teaching that philosophy unless I am endeavoring to learn about it I don't need to be imbibing on that Uh, I don't need to be living any kind of lifestyle that is going to be right next to what Satan has done to destroy lives believe what you may want to believe about what you you drink for instance but I'm telling you I don't want to associate with anything that's wrecked home after home and and trashed life after life see young people we need you to rise up and not be, you need to be very, very astute and sharp, but you have got to come to the place where the world is crucified unto you, where you glory in the cross. And it isn't because is it because of this movement or this college or whatever. It's because I am loyal to the cross of Jesus Christ. I am opposed to Satan and his world. And if I'm going to see revival in this world, then everything about my life, what I say, how I look, where I go, everything about me ought to line up directly with the Word of God without a doubt. And I need to have freedom in doing it, not doing it because somebody expects it of me. But that's who I am. I am a Biblicist there's freedom in that I remember in high school I finally got free there's no longer my dad's rules went to college no longer the college's rules that's who I was I'm a biblicist I believe the Bible and I'm going to make sure that my life does not communicate anything but biblical truth and I'm willing to be corrected if there were things that I don't see and I did I was blind and I had to be corrected a few times And uh, that was very helpful. But I had freedom. I did everything I wanted to do because I wanted to be like Jesus. And that was a a miracle of God's grace. And that's what we need is a generation of young people that love Jesus so much that you glory in the cross. And honestly, you don't have a negative attitude toward other young people, believers that maybe are pulled by the world. You love them. Thank God for their sincerity. But as for you, you are not going to be affected by a world that is anti-God that you are going to be lined up with the savior that uh, died for you. I hope this makes sense. Just a simple thought out of a message that I've communicated before, but I'm just burdened. Folks, uh, there, is, there is a real change in our country and God can work, but he's not gonna work through people that are more concerned about the world's approval than his approval. And so it is important Holiness is the foundation for God's power. Keep it in mind.